Don't you wish you could sing like that? <laughs> I don't covet many things. I covet that often. I really do. Thank you so much. What a privilege for me to be here. I saw so many familiar faces in the first service and see many again this service. When Pastor Drew called me and asked me if I would consider doing this, I had no hesitation whatever. I didn't even need to pray about it. I knew that I wanted to be here and that if God led him, I was going to trust him and, and uh, plan to come. I thank God for Drew Smith. I thank God for the vision that he has given to Drew and to the, the elders and to the rest of the staff to really minister to this community. And I know that is taking place and I rejoice in it and I, I give thanks to God. When he, Drew told me the chapter of Scripture that uh, he wanted me to preach from, anything in chapter 15, he said. And uh, uh, that, that if I were to choose a passage from, for my life and for preaching, this would be one of the three in the whole of Scripture. I, I thank God. Jesus... If you'll look at verse 11 in that, in that chapter, it's chapter 15, verse 11. These things I have spoken to you that my joy might be in you and that your joy might be full. And so I made the title, A Joy-Filled Life. I believe there's not a person in this sanctuary or listening to this CD who does not want to have a joy-filled life. But the reality is that we are being bombarded with all kinds of messages and all kinds of experiences and all kinds of frustrations and anxieties and fears that not many of us really believe a joy-filled life is possible. I'm here to testify that a joy-filled life is not only possible, it's God's intention for us. Notice it's a joy-filled life. It's not a happy life. Happiness depends on circumstances. Joy depends upon the one who is Lord. My first point is that uh, a Christ-filled life is a joy-filled life. And that's the theme for the entire message. A Christ-filled life is a joy-filled life. So Jesus ends the passage. These things I've said to you that my joy might be in you and that your joy may be full. And I'm going to ask that as you th listen, as you pray, as you respond, 
that you would allow that theme to fill your thinking. A joy-filled life is because of a Christ-filled life. Hear the word of God as it comes from John 15. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch of mine that bears no fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it might bear more fruit. You are already clean by the word which I have spoken you. Abide in me, said Jesus, and I in you. The branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If a man does not abide in me, he is cast forth as a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Now we come to the key verse. These things I have said to you, that my joy might be in you, and that your joy may be full. Uh, It's a very simple idea, but a Christ-filled life means a life that is filled with Christ. A, a, A life that is filled with himself, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That's the promise of God. A Christ-filled life is, is a life filled with his words, filled with his thoughts, filled with his grace, filled with his love, filled with conversations with him, communication with him, listening to him. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Being filled with Christ means to be in communication and listening and interacting. I was driving the other day and I I usually pray when I'm driving. I, I don't listen to the radio. And this was the prayer that that I prayed and that I want to be the reality of my life. I said, Jesus, I want to do whatever I do with you. I want to do whatever I do for you. I want to do whatever I do in your power, in your strength. And something very wonderful happened inside of me as I prayed those prayers in my sense of beholding his glory, in my sense 
of, of being with, with him. Uh, one of my covenant brothers for many, many years was a man named John Tolson. He lives in Dallas. Uh, I went down to visit him. He's the uh, chaplain of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, he speaks to about 350 men every, every week in, in Highland Park Presbyterian Church, discipling them. His vision is to disciple those who will disciple others. I was visiting with him and with a uh, couple of our staff, and uh, his wife, Punky, came in. And uh, we were talking about various things, and we, and, and we referred to the prayer covenant. And Punky said, oh, uh, John, get one of the, the prayer covenants for Jerry. And they put a plastic cover on. Uh, and this is what it said. Jesus, be the Lord of my life today in new ways. Help me only do the things you want me to do and only do them in your power. And then Punky said, oh, we, we've given thousands of these away. Well, what that did was bring back to my memory the first experience of the prayer covenant in my life. And I realize that since 1967, the avenue God has used in my life to make Jesus the Lord of my life is the prayer covenant. It grows out of Second Chronicles fifteen twelve, And they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord, the God of their fathers, with all their heart and all their soul. Don't you long for that? To seek the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. I was en route to a synod meeting of Pennsylvania, and a layman was going to speak at that uh, synod meeting with me. And I just casually asked him, what's the Lord been doing in your life lately? Well, <laughs> I had no idea what I was opening up. For the next hour, he told me one story after another story after another story of men's lives being transformed by Christ. And, and this was the essence he had heard Sam Shoemaker's last sermon at Music Hall, get changed, get together, and get going. Get changed by giving your life to Christ. Get together with some other people who really want to follow Christ with passion. And then get going. Ask God to show you what he wants to do in you and through you. So they went to the church the following Wednesday, prayed, asked for God's guidance, and this is what they were led to do. Found Employment Anonymous. Went to the pastor. Any men out of work. This was in the early 50s. Women weren't in the workforce nearly the way they are now. Pastor, do you know any men who are out of work? And he said, yes. And he said, well, would you invite them to meet with us on Wednesdays? We'll commit our lives to them. We'll pray for them every day. We'll ask them to pray every day. And we'll stick with them until they get work. And we'll try to open doors. We've never helped anybody get a job, but we'll try to. Long story short, in 18 months, 
350 men had found Christ and hope and a job. I said, Don Rayburg, I don't know any preacher in America that could tell the kind of stories you're telling, and you're the busiest layman I know. 1,300 employees under him. He was the controller of J&L Steel. He said, do you want to be that kind of a preacher? And I said, I would do anything to be that kind of a preacher. Well, he said, it's simple. All we have to do is give our lives to Christ at the beginning of every day. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I said, I, I want to sign up. I want to do it. As soon as we got to Chambersburg, we went up into a, a room and we got down on our knees. And I said, Jesus, I don't know what I've been doing as a pastor, but whatever it is, I just ask you to be the Lord of my life today in new ways. Change me any way you want. Well, what's the big deal about a story like that? The big deal is Jesus. The big deal is getting ourselves out of the way and into his hands so that he can do whatever he wants to do. I don't know what I was doing before that as a pastor. I, I was dedicated. I was disciplined. I prepared thoroughly. But all of a sudden, the life of Christ in me changed everything. Now, I'm, I'm still praying that daily. That was 1967. I've changed the prayer about 50 times. <laughs> That's just... I can't do the same thing all the time. I've got to change it. But it's always the same. Jesus, be the Lord of my life today in, in new ways. In new ways. Don't let me be what I've been before. Don't let me stay where I am. Well, the long story short, six months later, College Hill Presbyterian Church called me. And my fifth day here, the questers, the middle-aged couples, were meeting over in Fellowship Hall. And Bob Sheck, 45 years old, uh, executive with Procter & Gamble, was leaving Procter & Gamble, going to seminary, going into the ministry because he had met Jesus Christ and he had turned his life over to Jesus Christ. And he was telling his story and the new pastor was supposed to close things in about five minutes. And, and I'm wrestling with God the whole time. Lord, you don't want me to do anything crazy. I'm brand new. I'm 34. I look like 24. I, I, I just want to gradually become their pastor. Well, Bob Sheck finished, and I knew God had absolutely touched us. And so I got up, and I gave a Presbyterian altar call. <laughs> Do you know what that is? It is subtle. <laughs> it is subtle. I got up. And I said, I, you know, I can tell God has met us here tonight. And some of you may want to talk about it. 
<laughs> and if you do, come on into the parlor after we break and we'll talk about it. I go back into the parlor and 16 people showed up and we put the chairs into a circle. I turned to Lois Dunn. By the way, I saw Lois Dunn in the first service this morning, 43 years later. I turned to Lois Dunn and I said, Lois, what's the Lord been doing in your life lately? And what do you want to, why, what brought you into the room to talk? Well, we were there for an hour and got halfway around the room. And then the door opened in, in the parlor. And a, and a man walked in. He was so shook up by the meeting, he went out drinking. And then he came back and saw we were still here. And he joined us. Beloved, by the time we got around the room, all 17 wanted to enter into the prayer covenant. Jesus, be the Lord of our lives today in new ways. Now I want to tell you just a couple of other things and then I'm going to move back to the passage of Scripture because you see, the reason I'm bringing the prayer covenant is not that God changed my life in 1967. It's that I've prayed that prayer almost every day except for a, a, a small period in the middle of those 40-some years. Every day. God is forming me in the depths of my being through that prayer. Now I want you to take the, the green card and I want you to look down five lines because this is what Pastor Drew has written to us. Five lines down. If you choose to participate in the prayer covenant, I will pray for you daily and ask you to pray for me daily that Jesus be the Lord of my life in new ways. What Pastor Drew is saying here and what I'm saying to you is that if today you decide that you want to enter into a 30-day prayer covenant during the rest of Lent here, if you choose to pray, Jesus, be the Lord of my life today in new ways, fill me with your Holy Spirit. If you choose to pray that every day for 30 days, and if you choose to pray that for Pastor Drew and for me, we will pray for you individually, daily, for those 30 days. In other words, we will launch into an adventure together. Jesus what do you want to do in me? What do you want to do through me? How do you want to change me? Pastor Drew is committed and I am committed. And what I, you'll see on the back of it, the prayer. This is, this is not the total prayer I pray every day. But I figured I didn't want to lay too much on you. Thank you, dear Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, for your grace and cross that made me one of your dearly loved children. Do you know you are his dearly loved children? I want to tell you, that's the most radical, life-changing truth the world has ever known. 
Thank you, dear Father, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, for your grace and cross that made me one of your dearly loved children. The problem with so many of God's people is they do not allow the love of God to fill their lives every day. And so they're living life in their own strength. This is not a new legalism. Hey, don't join this prayer covenant if this becomes a burden to you. No, 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 no. You start it with realizing, reminding yourself, giving thanks to God that His cross and grace made you one of His dearly loved children. That's for every person in this sanctuary. That's for every person listening to this CD. Now notice the next one. Father, reveal to me the glory and majesty of Jesus' supremacy and authority at your right hand. You see, it's all about Jesus. It's not about you. The prayer covenant is not about you being more committed. It's more about Jesus living his life in you and through you. Look at that next part. Jesus, be the Lord of my life today in new ways. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Beloved, if you don't want to be filled with His Holy Spirit, don't pray it. If you want Him to fill you with His Spirit, then pray it every day. Every day. I've I've preached on this before. (laughs) And and I remember, you know, telling the people, hey... This is not for dedicated Christians. This is for every Christian. What has made us think that they're, 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 they're those disciplined Christians and then they're the rest of us? No. Jesus is Savior and Lord. He is King. He is in charge. He's the instrument of creation. He's the instrument of redemption. And he is to be the Lord of his people. Look at that next one. This is the theme for this morning. (laughs) In case you didn't know. Glorify yourself by living your life in me and my life in you. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him. He it is that bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Glorify yourself by living your life in me and my life in you. Use me and those with whom I pray this prayer. Oh, don't miss this one. Use me and those with whom I pray this prayer to lead others into this prayer covenant. Who will lead others into this prayer covenant? My desire, my prayer, my goal, my dream is that every person in this sanctuary who will enter into this prayer covenant will begin to see yourself as a reproducer of reproducers. That you will lead people into this prayer covenant. Not leaning upon Drew and me. That you will lead people into this prayer covenant all over your life, all over your neighborhood. All over your job. I had the privilege of speaking to 24 people at Madeira Church. It was a a Saturday morning, three-hour deal. Boy, do I love those. I, I, 
And uh, the, uh, about 18 of them entered into the prayer covenant. And Pastor Steve uh, Iyer, who used to be here, told me about four months later, he said, Jerry, those 18 people have led 200 people into the prayer covenant. I said, oh, praise, praise God, praise God. Beloved, all this is, is a simple, direct way every one of us can reproduce in the lives of others the joy of the Lord when he's Lord, when he's king. Now, what we're going to ask you to do when I finish, I'm not there yet, <laughs> the, uh, uh, when, uh, uh, when we finish, I'm going to ask you if you want to be prayed for daily and if you commit to pray for us daily because we want you to know we need your prayers as much as you need ours. I want to tell you, it transformed that congregation in New Wilmington when they knew that I knew that I needed their prayers as much as they needed mine. But we're going to ask you to put it in the offering plate with your name on it if you want Drew and me to pray daily for you and if you commit. And by the way, at the exits, there will be yellow cards. And I have one here. Uh, You can get them. And they have, uh, they have on the dates, you circle the date when you enter into a prayer covenant with somebody, and uh, you can get as many as you want, I think. I'm not sure of that. Now I want to come back to the passage. You see, a Christ-filled life is a joy-filled life. But now let me just hit the headlines. A Christ-filled life is a love-filled life. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you want to know how much God loves you, it's as much as the Father loves the Son. A Christ-filled life is a love-filled life. A Christ-filled life is a prayer-filled life. Listen to these words. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you. You know what that verse made me do? If you abide in me, Jesus says, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will and it shall be done for you. I, I was inspired to rememorize all my verses from John's gospel that I've memorized through the 55 years that I've known Christ. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will. Beloved, we don't pray more. We don't pray on the offensive. We don't lay hold of God's power for one another because we don't know his words and we don't believe them. I'm not going to take the time. You're, you're, you're glad. <laughs> but I, uh, I, I carry around a bunch of verses all the time. These are just the ones I pulled out on prayer. I'm going to share one verse with you. It's Matthew, uh, let's see, Matthew 21, 20 to 22. 
when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How did the fig tree wither at once? And Jesus answered them, Truly I say to you, if you have faith and never doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, Be taken up and cast in the sea, it will be done. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Every day when I review that verse, I ask God for a million women and a million men across America who will have a growing passion to follow Christ as Lord and to grow as a person of prayer and to learn whatever they need to learn in order to protect their kids and grandkids from pornography and the sexualizing of our country. My hope and prayer is that you'll join me in that prayer that God will raise up a million men and a million women. Our nation is falling apart morally, economically. Are we going to stand in the gap and lay hold of Almighty God to have mercy upon our nation? Christ-filled life is a prayer-filled life. A Christ-filled life is a... Let me think. It's an obedient life. And it's a fruitful life. Beloved, what do you want God to do in you and through you? What do you really want Him to do? Do you have a vision of God's vision for your life? Are you going through the motions? Are you living on former bread? Or are you allowing the Lord himself to fill you so that you can be fruitful? I'm going to close with this story. I was sitting down in this, in this row. It was the memorial service for Doris Trabert Marsh. When I was asked to lead the service... They said, Jerry, please make the gospel plain because Uncle Tony is coming to the service and he needs to know Christ. He's 80 years old. He needs to know Christ. And I said, wait a minute. (laughs) You're trying to program me to get him into the kingdom. Only Jesus gets people into the kingdom. I can't get anybody into the kingdom. I will preach the gospel. I will share a witness to to Christ. But don't lay that on me. (laughs) You keep praying. The Lord's business is to bring Tony to Christ. Well, we're sitting here, and it's for the hour before the service. And... uh, I'm wondering, Lord, what is it, what is it you want to do with, with my brother Tony? See, when I was going to be a t- professional tennis player, he was the world champion. Tony Trabert won 18 majors. We're sitting there, and I said, Tony, would you like to go back into the, the pastor's study where Mark, your brother, and I had met sometime. Yeah, I said, I'd like to go back there. So we go back there. 
And I tried, Lord, what are you trying to do? How do you want to do this? What, what am I supposed to say? And it just didn't seem right. So I said, you want to go back out? He said, yeah, let's, let's do it. So we're sitting here again. And another half an hour before the service. And I thought, well, Lord, let's try it again. <laughs> and so I, uh, I uh, said, Tony, you want to go back in? Yeah, he said, I'd like to go back in. And we're sitting there. And I said, would you like me to share a verse of scripture with you? Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I opened it up to Revelation 3.20. said, read that to me and tell me what you think it means. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. And I said, Tony, uh, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Who do you think is doing the knocking? He said, uh, Jesus. He said, that's right. That's right. I said, where do you think he's knocking? He said, uh, my heart. I said, that's right. I said, if anyone hears my voice, how do you think we hear his voice? Well, he said, uh, I don't know. I said, well, maybe through the death of a brother. His brother Mark was killed in a plane crash six months after coming to Christ. Maybe through a friend like me. Maybe through the scripture. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, what do you think that means? He said, well, you've got to do something. I said, that's right. You need to open your heart and ask him to come in. Any reason for putting it off any longer? No? Want to do it now? Yeah? Let me lead us in prayer and then you repeat after me. We came back out here. <laughs> Can you imagine leading a memorial service after you just led the, the man who was your idol when you were in college to Christ? People thought it was just a wonderful service. Well, it was because Jesus showed up. Tony and I have been meeting every three or four days by phone. He's in Florida. He's been studying the scriptures Tony and Vicky would have been baptized this morning in this service if the three nieces were not away. They're going to be here May 22nd, and Drew has given me permission to baptize Tony and Vicky Travert in this service, May 22nd. Why do you think I told you that story? Do you know what he has prayed every day since early October? Jesus, be the Lord of my life today in new ways. Change me any way you want. Wash me clean from every sin. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. It broke my heart when his brother was killed in that plane crash. Because I believed God was going to use Mark Travert along with some other people to put our arms around Cincinnati and bring this city to Christ. 
my brother was killed six months after he gave his life to Christ. Beloved, if Tony can pray this prayer of commitment, is there anybody in this sanctuary who cannot pray it? Is there anything that would keep you from praying, Jesus, be the Lord of my life today in new ways? Change me anyway. If you decide you want to enter into the prayer covenant, sign your name to that green card and put it in the... Is it the green one or yellow one? Yeah, it's the green one. And if you want more copies and uh, you've got this, will you let me pray with you? If there's somebody next to you, would you take their hand? I'm coming out here. We're the body of Christ. This, this is never just an individual deal. It's, it's the family. And uh, won't you come up here and let me take your hand? Yeah. Pray with me. Lord, you know what is on each of our hearts. I believe this was a divine appointment for every person. With you, Jesus. With you, Jesus. Have your way with us. Have your way through us. Have your way among us. And so fill us with you, Jesus that every one of us has a joy-filled life. In the name of Jesus, amen.